Okay, Sarah, fans are clamoring to know how did the CrossFit Open go? Oh, well, Kelly, I'm excited to tell you that. No, the CrossFit Open, just for anyone who doesn't know, is it happens virtually in any CrossFit gym. I feel like for anyone who doesn't know, should just go and listen to last week's podcast where That's we explained true, it. But we should know that there's, okay, we should know at least that there's five weeks. So there's five workouts. Okay. And you find out the workout on Thursday night and you have until Monday at 5 p.m. to record it. Okay. Right. So the first workout was for the women to RX, which Kelly, I'm proud to say that I, you RX it. I feel like you passive aggressively uh, side-eyed me on Instagram (laughs) that I thought you couldn't RX it. And I totally think you can RX it. Maybe (laughs) I can RX it as long as there's no Olympic lifting. So we'll see how next week goes, (laughs) but okay. So this week's workout was you have to throw a 14 pound ball, nine feet, 19 times, and then you do 19 calories on the rowing machine. You mean wall you just, balls, right? That's what you're saying? They're called wall right. balls. Okay. Yeah. Don't say but nine like, feet. That sounds like you're arbitrarily throwing it into space. Whatever. Into space? It feels like space. Nine feet is high, man. All right. So you did wall <laughs> balls and then you rowed calories. Yes. And you do it as many times as you can for 15 minutes. As many rounds as possible. AMRAP. Yes. 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 Well, now you're using all the technical I know. Terms. Thank you. I'm, I'm trying to be inclusive <laughs> in my language. <laughs> okay. And how many rounds did you do in 15 minutes? So I did, oh, I don't know, six rounds and a bunch more. Okay. Six rounds and like most of the wall balls, I think, for the second round. But the first time I got just under six rounds minus one calorie on the rower. So I had to come back again two days later, later being the competitive spirit that I am and do it again. And I was glad I did because I got a better score the second. I thought we were being retired and casual and not competitive. I know this is like the first time in like three years that I actually was like, got a little bit like, okay, I'm going to do better. And it's, it's basically just against myself. Although, okay. Do you want to, do you want to hear where I'm ranking? Yes. So how did your six and a bit round stack up in the, you know, worldwide CrossFit Okay. Right. I know. I know you're dying to know this. Okay. So there's like, when you go to look at the results of the open, there's like online. Cause like everybody's doing the same workout around the world. That's actually what's kind of cool about it. And you can like pick filters of where to filter out like things. So like, like the good people. I, okay. Yeah. So I wanted, I could like filter out like just to the 40 to 44 year old women, for example. So I put on like 40 to 44 year old women and I couldn't find myself. I had to scroll down too far. So that was a non-starter. And then, and then I put on 40 to 44 year old women in Canada. Nice. And it turns out that I am 91st oh, out go. of 1,179 people. That's actually so. 91st sounds silly, but then you're like, that's actually not bad. You are top 10% in 40 to 40 year something women in Canada. And Canada's a big country. A lot of it's empty space, but that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) There's at least, there's like over 1,100. There you go. 40 to 44-year-old women doing CrossFit. So boom. Boom. And that's just in the RX division. I automatically beat all those silly scaled people. (laughs) (laughs) See, see, you're going to be a champion yet. (laughs) Almost a champion, basically. Um, Basically, basically. (laughs) Okay. So we're going to give you the update every week after the CrossFit Open, but coming up on this show, we're going to talk about another tale from my box, the meaning of the word smash, the mental side of dealing with injuries, the future of watching sports. This is a long list. The 
<laughs> is triathlon destroying the environment? Probably. And push-ups, how many can you do and what does it mean? If We Were Riding is brought to you by Noon Hydration. And Sarah, I think it sounds like you could use one of Noon's immunity tablets right now. Ooh, tell us more about that, Kelly. <laughs> I'm actually holding them in my hand right now. Orange citrus, which would boost your immunity system um, since you seem to be having the winter cold. But they also have a whole bunch of products. They have sport tablets and vitamins. And my favorite is the performance drink. That's like the powder you put. I just put it in like a water bottle, sip on it while I'm typing on the computer all day. It's basically the same as like a Coke or a beer. <laughs> Except it takes care of your hydration needs. Exactly. What's your favorite flavor? Oh, I actually can't tell you what my favorite flavor is because they're about to come out with a whole bunch of new stuff and it's super top secret. So I can't tell you what my favorite flavor is. You're just gonna have to stay tuned. But I can tell you that all of their products have like super high quality ingredients, like good for the earth, very clean and specifically formulated for women. So. Ooh, I love it. Okay. Okay, top secret information. You're going to hear it soon right here on the If We Were Riding podcast. Awesome. Okay, and folks at home, you can use the code IRONWOMEN and you get 30% off at noonlife.com. So that's IRONWOMEN at noonlife.com. Live Feisties If We Were Riding is brought to you by Ass Kicker Inc. Ass Kicker makes activewear for women featuring empowering phrases like work hard, play hard, kick ass, or strong women lift each other up. Ass Kicker Inc. also makes our fabulous Live Feisty tank tops, t-shirts, hoodies, and leggings. So to order yours, go to livefeisty.com and just choose shop from the menu. And of course, use the code riding to save 20%. That's riding, as in if we were, at livefeisty.com. And remember, I before E, except if you're feisty. I'm Kelly O'Mara. And I'm Sarah Gross. And you're listening to Live Feisties If We Were Riding. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop. This time, like the last time. You better get ready to race in the top. I'm ready to do this. Show you what the truth is. I step on the field. It's time to get real. I'm feeling so ruthless. All right, Sarah. People love your tales from your box it is one of our most popular segments right after my mom's voicemails and i understand you have a tale from your box of both kinds both kinds this week i love it when tales from my box comes together and like vagina news and crossfit (laughs) news just fit so okay which is just so so frequent you know (laughs) it's happened a shocking amount of times okay so i've been getting I've been, ma- been made fun of basically a little bit at CrossFit because a lot of my clothing says smash on it, which is smash made by smash fest queen, which by the way, you can get $10 off orders over a hundred dollars with the code iron women, which is there the you other go. live by Steve podcast. So you too can be made fun of by 15 year olds in Canada. That's right. But are you aware of what smash means? Well, okay. So I know? always thought, I mean, in our slang, it also means super trash drunk, which is why my husband always thinks it's funny when I, it says like smashed on everything. Cause he's like, that's the opposite of what you're going for. <laughs> right. And I, I always thought that was a little bit funny. Like right. smashed to me also could mean drunk. Mm-hmm. That would be my first thing. And also like smashed after a workout. I get that. Cause that's from like our little corner of the world. Mm-hmm. Right. But apparently now to young people, 
Smash is another word for sex. Like use it in a sentence. Oh, I actually don't even know. <laughs> like I am going to smash that hottie. Like is that? I think maybe. Okay. Yeah. I think maybe that was appropriate. That sounds about and I right. know that I know that it's real because I was watching a show on Netflix called Working Moms. Hilarious show, by the way. But they were talking about how smash now means sex. And I was on the show. So I have and then heard this in passing, I feel like. But the other question here is we're gonna have to get back to also the debate with box. Is this Canadian slang? Is this just a Sarah thing? Who Are we going to, I, who believes I this? Thought we, I thought we put this to rest. We're never going to the, put this to rest. Box does box not is mean a vagina. For a vagina. It's a little bit old school, but it totally is. But what's not old school is smash. <laughs> and now I end up like literally I have sweatshirts that say smash fest queen on them. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and you are the queen of smashing, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> And so I show now I'm like awkwardly, but I need to wear these things. I have a lot of them. Like I like smash. I know. I actually wear my tank top all the time to the gym. And now I'm wondering if the guys who give me like the weird looks aren't just doing it because I'm lifting heavy, right? Yeah. They're like, you're the smash fest queen. (laughs) Maybe you're just advertising. There you go. See? (laughs) That's right. Anyway, so that's my tail. That's my other tail from my box. But Kelly, I understand you've been struggling a little. Right. So I have not had a lot of smash fests, I guess. Of which kind? I don't even want to specify. So I, yeah, so I've been hurt, slightly hurt. And I haven't run for almost two weeks now. Actually, that's not true. I test ran yesterday, right? One of those like 25 minute type things where you're like, eh, you know, when you're being like super over analytical of like every little thing that hurts because you're trying to see if you're better or not are you uh who knows right i'm super i'm like eh, well this is little ties i don't know but then somebody this weekend not a triathlete person started quizzing me about it they were like well what do you think's wrong what happened why do you think that happens i i mean oh my god i almost started yelling at this because that's a terrible question right when you get in like a, an athlete person if you're like oh i'm hurt they would just be like oh that sucks they understand like why is why because i fucking did something stupid right like why because i ran or too much you do, yeah you do like repetitive yeah right. like repetitive running repetitive cycling you're like because i have message. a weakness that breaks down when i get tired and it is chronic and you do hours and hours of it. that's why like why is a dumb question right so i found myself very annoyed <laughs> this like random person <laughs> I'm sure some people can relate to that. Yes. Uh, but then of course it brings up the whole, the whole injury debate, the whole injury, like topic discussion when you get sidelined. I mean, first off, obviously there's like the actual physical, you have to go through like the, you know, solving the problem, resting it, figuring it out. And that is what it is. But then there's the whole like mental thing where like you feel, I don't want to say like a failure, but you know, that's, this is a huge part of what I do in my life and you can't do it. And you're like, Oh shit. And I feel like, Sarah, one, you probably have tips, but two, I keep coming back to how you, how I, you being I here, how one perceives their own injury versus how other people see it. Like to you, you know, oh my God, of course I have, like, how could you not know I haven't run in 10 days? It's this huge thing. And I'm like, you know, measuring my hip every fucking second. But to other people it's like, oh yeah, I don't know. Like, is something wrong? I, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, nobody cares. Nobody basically. cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares except you. So that's like that's a great take home point for <laughs> anybody who's injured right now. Just like nobody cares. Also, unless you're like I don't know Danielle Reef or Lucy Charles, and you miss like I don't know an entire year, like you suddenly don't show up in Kona, right? Like no one's gonna notice either. 
So it's up to, it's basically up to you what's going on in your mind, you know, and even if you miss a couple races in the scheme of things, that's, that's not even really a thing. It's funny though, because you do. Cause then I started thinking about how I have thought of other people when they've been hurt and you do in your head think like, I don't know. I mean, was she, I guess she wasn't around. What happened to her? But you don't, yeah. you don't really process it. You're not like, Oh, she stress fractured her foot, you know, whatever. Right. Unless the person, unless you're really plugged into that person's social media and they're being really open and vocal about their injury. Right. Um, now we're talking, no, we're still talking about like A-list pros, right? But for like us ordinary people, <laughs> you know, you can be injured and you could talk about it. You can be injured and not talk about it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like your day-to-day life is only affected if you let it be affected, right? So I'm guessing that you can do enough biking and swimming to uh, continue progressing in your right. So I'm at that weird, I'm at that weird line where this could be just like totally fine. Start easing back into running. Uh, I had the, you know, opportunity to work on my swimming the last two weeks, which was a great opportunity. Uh, Great opportunity. opportunity. Uh, So I could just like, and then, you know, I haven't missed a, I might miss like a local thing I was going to do this weekend, but whatever, right? Nobody's even going to notice. Or I'm on the line where it could easily just veer the other direction and I miss like the whole first month who knows you just like you don't know you know when you're on that line you're just like oh it could go one way or the other Mm. you know what I'm talking about I do yeah random guy this weekend did not know what I was talking about no random guy should not be asking you why why yeah so (laughs) it's very it's very terrible on the plus side Mm -hmm. I later on the house a lot this weekend and I watched many different kinds of sports. Did you watch Super League? I watched some Super League. I watched some USA track and field indoor nationals. I watched some world cross-country ski championships, just FYI, just because. Why not? Uh, I also watched some NBA because my kings are trying to make the playoffs. So. Wow. And Kelly, what kind of platforms did you watch these on? Did you watch them on the internet? I don't. Okay. So here's, here's what I keep coming back to is like, we have talked over and over again, like almost every week, I feel like about, you know, the future of the sport, like creating fans. So how do you stay plugged in? But one of the things we talk about a lot in media, like in my, you know, in my other job is the platform, like how you deliver this stuff. And everyone seems so convinced that like the internet is the future, right? Like streaming, Nobody has TV anymore. It's all about the on-demand, right? But honestly, like I watched things on TV this weekend because it was easy. Because it was like, oh, look what's on. I can just press my remote and watch it. Don't you think that's down to like, this was actually my comment when I knew we were going to be talking about this. Like, don't you think that's all about how quickly smart TVs change? So like what happens when your computer and your TV become the same thing? Right. So I have a smart TV. So certainly it's very easy now. I just, I press like the button that has a little microphone on it and I just tell it what I want it to show me and it, and it will like go to you. I don't kind of fun. Yeah. So it like, it's pretty easy to watch stuff. When I, I wanted to watch Coda, I literally clicked over to Facebook and it was like, do you want to watch Coda? And I was like, yes, I do. TV. Like, you know me so well. <laughs> smart TV. Smart TV. Which side <laughs> point, FYI, the reason smart TVs are so cheap is because they're collecting your data in case you were wondering. But, <laughs> but I actually think there's, a, I know everyone, everyone, everyone makes fun of me for watching regular TV but there's a reason the Kona broadcast on NBC is still a huge deal. There's a reason people want TV deals. There's a reason USAT is like trying to make TV deals, right? And it's because TV still reaches like a huge number of people. Like the internet is great, 
but it's like it's it's a little complicated you have to understand it it creates barriers and a lot of these things like super league streams its stuff free but a lot of them you have to buy a pass it's like a 99 dollar year-long gold pass to all track and field or whatever some shit like that right so i think that okay i think that being on standard tv kind of legitimates the show Mm -hmm. in a way like you know because you know the quality standard you're gonna get like when i think about youtube and streaming on youtube like you can get anything from the stream of super league which i'm assuming is pretty good because everything they do is well put together but also on the youtube platform you have like the weird videos my eight-year-old watches about how to make um the play-doh stuff yeah And, and how to change that goo into different colors and forms and what things to put into the goo to make it sparkle or to make it thicker or to make it thinner. I know. So, I actually like, was Googling like how to reset my Garmin the other day and I ended up with all these like very strange YouTube videos of someone's hands for five fucking minutes. Yes. How is this a thing? There's a lot of, yes, that's a thing. So like that's the space that you're in, right? <laughs> is that like anybody can say, create anything about anything and put it up there, right? When you're, when you're playing in the YouTube sandbox, right? But if you're on TV, there's still a legitimacy to that. And I actually think that's probably a good thing for the future of media. Yes, I actually think, and we have this debate, like I'm actually currently at the radio station I work at sometimes, and we have an ongoing debate about, you know, podcast versus radio versus the future. And there's an acknowledgement that like technology will change, right? Like radio mm-hmm. antennas may go away at some point, 50 years, 10 years, whatever. But people will continue to listen to things. And I think that there is always going to be and that we're seeing a return to a demand for like a traditional legitimate form of media that comes with an authority and a backing, right? Like there's a reason magazines still do really well. And it's because, you know, like one is because you can carry it on a plane, but two, it's like easy to buy. It's easy. And it comes with a guarantee of quality, like that doesn't always, isn't always there when you read an article online. Sometimes it's there. Lots of articles online are very, very good or magazine level quality, but you don't know. And if you don't know, you don't know where to look. And I think that's also true when you talk about like watching sports. So, yeah. And I also think that the need to legitimate that media will increase like as time goes by, because as we go deeper and deeper down this hole, like the social media, YouTube hole where, and there's more creators. Like I imagine like I watch, okay, I'm talking about my kid a lot this week, but I'm watching my daughter and she's eight and she creates her own YouTube videos already. So like her entire generation, they're all going to create their own media, right? So I mean, they're so smart about it. Some of these high school kids, like I'm pretty internet, digital native, as they say, pretty internet first. And some of these 17 year olds, what they know innately is just insane. Like they just understand the world of the internet so much better than I do. Amazing. Yeah. And I believe that. And so that's just going to be even more the next generation. And so I think the need to legitimate quality content will become greater. Um, And also the, the cream will rise to the top more too. So anyway, I don't think FYI that the answer is buying an $80 streaming pass to watch triathlons. I think that's a terrible end game. I think that like all the people doing that shit, USA triathlon, USA track and field, I'm looking at you, USA cycling. Like, I think this is like, you are just keeping people out Mm. and I don't think it's the answer. Just so you know, guys, Mm -hmm. in case you were like listening and waiting to wonder what Kelly thought you should do. They were what they were waiting. They were wondering. I'm also okay. okay. I'm I'm wondering because before the show we were talking about how you think that <laughs> triathlons destroying the environment. I to- I'm just I saying. totally butchered what you said, <laughs> but I would like to know your thoughts on that. 
Okay, so I just keep thinking about, and it's not just triathlon to be fair, right? Travel has gotten cheaper and cheaper. We know that the stats on like how many tourists there are at, you know, the peak tourist sites have just 10 times in the last five years, 10 years, right? And so the the impact of that is skyrocketing. When you look at all these natural sites, tourist sites, attractions, preserves, right? All our national parks, the impact is huge. You know, people are just slowly wearing away at what they're trying to, what's the word? Uh, See, visit, observe, preserve, emulate. They're ruining the thing that the very thing that they're trying to see. Thank you. It's ironic. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like in California, we have this like super bloom wildflower thing every year. And so many people go and take pictures of it that they trample the wildflowers and it destroys the super bloom. It's a fucking, (laughs) you're like, oh, great. So triathlon, I feel like is within that realm, like under that category, you have people traveling more and more and more for races and races are not a low impact thing. Races are not inherently like a sustainable, low impact, no, you know, cost to the environment. They're a high impact thing. People fly, they fly with bikes, they leave a lot of trash. Even when you have like these no trash races, which more and more are going to, I heard Alyssa talk on the Iron Women podcast about the one she just did in Spain, which was very strict about no trash. Like you had to like write your name or whatever on all of your oh, items. How interesting. So they could bust you and later when they found so your they rapper. could bust you later. Wow. Exactly. But racing is still a high impact. There's many, many people traversing a course going through, you know, a trail or a road or whatever. And, and I just feel like I just keep coming back to like, is this good? I mean, travel is good for a lot of reasons, but are we just going to destroy the things we love? Sarah, is that the, is that the irony here? Okay. Wait, wait for it. Okay. Wait for it. Because I have, I'm going to go full circle on this. Oh, good. And I'm okay. going to give you this, give the, the solution. Okay. Oh, you never give solutions. So if we go back to like where we started this conversation with the CrossFit Open, virtual triathlon. Boom. Oh, you think that's going to, that's going to That's a solve. So, you, <laughs> so you're All just, the problems. you do it at home. You keep your own trash and your own deal with it in the way you normally do. You don't litter. And there you go. But you know, you know that that's not appealing. You know, know that's not why people, people want to go to new places. They want to see new things. They want to like race in Patagonia. That new Patagonia extreme man looks awesome. I kind of been thinking about doing it this year, but I don't know. You know, okay. I just, what's our end game, Sarah? I, Solve my problem. I have problem. another thought about this. Okay. I, okay. as you know, I grew up in Canada. Well, partially grew up in Canada, but I was like a, a young <laughs> child in Canada and I grew up with ads on TV, <laughs> on traditional TV. TV. Also, that is the great thing about TV. You get a lot of ads. You understand context. I know many things that people don't know because of ads. Right. Well, point. also, we had like basically like government propaganda about p- picking up <laughs> litter, right? Like I grew up feeling like if you if you littered, it was like the worst thing ever. Like you should never do that. There were like ads during like our freaking cartoons about like, so like Canadians don't throw trash on the ground in general, right? Good. And then I moved to Europe. <laughs> And like culturally, they just like throw trash on the ground. It's not a thing. Yeah, it's not a thing. So yeah. I'm going to say what we what needs to happen is we just like change the expectations around how we do races. Like even even in races now, I see it like, for example, there's a lot of places we do triathlons where they will have like a volunteers team specifically for the cleanup. Right. Yes. And but when I went to I did the Paris Marathon in like 2002. And the next day, like the streets of Paris were full of freaking garbage and nobody came and picked it up. Right. So, and that's just like a cultural, it's terrible. It's just like a cultural shift around how you, or how you like travel to a race and how you 
deal with your trash once you're there. So. So you just think we can just change and solve all I our problems. I think my answer to everything in the last like month or two has been like, change the culture. Uh-huh. Hashtag okay. change the culture. I still think there's an end game that's a zero sum loss, but whatever. It's fine. Oh, it probably is. I mean, you're, I mean, we're, we're all screwed. We're probably yeah. both right. But I think we can, um, <laughs> we can make some, some subtle shifts by changing the culture. Good. Okay. okay. Well, you get on that. I'll just be over here being depressed. It's fine. <laughs> okay. After the break, we are going to talk about how many push-ups we can do. I know that everyone's dying to know that and what it means. We would like to thank Ass Kicker Inc. for supporting the podcast. And remember to go to livefeisty.com, click on shop, and use the code RIDING to order your Live Feisty tanks, tees, hoodies, and leggings. Follow at If We Were Riding on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And subscribe to our feed on iTunes or wherever you listen. If We Were Riding is produced by Live Feisty Media and is hosted by Kelly O'Mara and me, Sarah Gross. Our awesome editor is Aaron Hamilton. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time. You better get ready to race in the team. I'm ready to do this, show you what the truth is. I step on the field, it's time to get real. I'm feeling so ruthless. Okay, so this isn't just arbitrary. I don't just want to know how many push-ups you can do, Sarah. There was actually a study that correlated the number of push-ups to heart health. Now, granted, as we know, this is common. This study was only done on men. Yeah, I, so. I read this study and that, that part kind of made me laugh because they had this kind of whole paragraph being really apologetic about why they only did the study on men. And I'm like... Well, they... Yeah. And like, that's common with heart health too, right? Like I, I think almost all heart health studies are done on men, unfortunately. So this specific one was done on, I want to say like, I keep wanting to say extreme firefighters, but what's the word I'm looking for? Like forest out in the middle of nowhere firefighters. And what they had actually done, it was an observational study, not a causational study. They tracked a number because they have to go through physical fitness tests. So they tracked a number of markers over the years and it turned out. So this doesn't prove cause and effect but it turned out that heart health was most correlated to push-ups the number of push-ups you could do even more so than like a treadmill test or anything and if you could do over 40 push-ups for guys then that was like really good so then i was like well shit like how many can i do did you try did you like get down right then <laughs> i got down right then like, i was like start cranking um, them out this actually makes me laugh because like when you were talking about how crossfit weirdly spurred the weird competitiveness in you. So I am generally actually not one of those people that's super competitive about random things. It's my flaw as an athlete. I just like, am not, but random things will spur my like very competitiveness. And so one time I did like 330 pushups. What? (laughs) Because it was this thing at like a training camp when I was in high school, you know, where you went to like a college and you did a running and there was this challenge where you did one push up on the first football line, two on the next five yard line, three, four, and you built all the way up to the last yard, like a five yard line. And then you came back and then you doubled and then you came back down, which doesn't sound hard, but it adds up to over 300. It was like 330 something. So obviously the whole thing was that at some point everyone failed. Mm-hmm. basically but i was like no i'm gonna finish and oh my god sarah by the end my arms were visibly shaking and the next day my ribs hurt so bad it took like someone to like baseball batted them wow 
but I did it. So going into this, I was sure I was going to have you beat other pushups. And I am like, I have been blown out of the water. Well, the point here is that when I actually decide to care about something, we all know I could just completely destroy myself. It's just that I don't care about things that frequently. So, so you chose that. Mm. I chose that. Interesting. So how many, how many can you do? So the most I've done are uh, probably a couple months ago in a CrossFit workout. There were 200. Oh. There was like 100. By the end, you know, to be clear, I'm not just like sitting down and cranking out 200 all in a row. Um, right. By the end. That involved like the other stuff it mixed in. Right? Yeah. In a 30 minute workout and so but to be fair the push-ups were the hardest part um and by the end i'm doing like sets of three maybe even a couple sets of two by the time like you know you do three take five seconds rest three more that kind of thing were you doing i actually have done that workout you did with the 200 push-ups and i couldn't bike home after i had to mm. i like got on my bike and my arm failed and i crashed into a fence and i had to get come picked up but i was by the end i think i literally was doing the thing where you just collapse onto the ground <laughs> and then, like push yourself off the ground right. which counts that counts which counts. Yeah, it's Fine. probably harder. So, way, actually. But I feel like we could both achieve 40, so we must have good heart health. Good heart health. If only we were men. If we were men. Which is, you know, probably true of many things. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.